This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 146, Fabricate. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, some fabrication. I'm going to put my spin on the Ply Spinning Guild. But of course, we will kick this off with some updates. So I fully intended to record this episode probably, what, like 10 weeks ago? But the Tuesday before I set to record, I sneezed. And then all hell broke loose in my face. I have had the worst sinus infection. And hopefully you can't really hear it in my voice, but I'm sure you can. Yeah, I've had the worst sinus infection for like the last 10 weeks. And it has ebbed and flowed. It's gotten worse. It's gotten better. But it's there. And I I don't know if I'm going to be able to get rid of it. (laughs) So I decided... Well, my voice sounds pretty good right this second. I feel pretty good. So, so let's give this a try. I am sitting on my couch, knitting on a sweater. It is a crisp, cold day in October, a Sunday. I fully intend to spend the entire day knitting in my pajamas. Because, hey, we have our first real snow today. <laughs> We got about three inches overnight and it is projected to snow the rest of the day, but I still don't feel a hundred percent. And yeah, we're going to have to call in the big guns to try to get this infection gone. It's unbelievable how long it's lasted. I don't think I've had a sinus infection in like 10 years. I used to get them pretty regularly, like when the seasons would change, but I haven't had one in like a decade. And this one, it's like I saved up every small sinus infection that I should have had over the last 10 years, and I got them all now. It's it's pretty bad, but hopefully I get it resolved, you know, maybe by the end of the year. That would be amazing. And I'm sorry if I sound gruff and horrible. So during that time that my voice was too horrible to record, we did, you know, do a little traveling. We spent some time in the mountains. Ugh. We got out to the Cripple Creek area and spent a weekend out in the mountains as the aspens were changing colors. It was super beautiful. The weather was great. It was sunny but crisp and just wonderful and super beautiful driving through the mountains and seeing everything. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we got out there. And we did take a trip recently back to the St. Louis area to see the boys' family and attend a neighborhood event. That was awesome. We had a lot of fun. It was a chili cook-off. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. There were like a hundred people at this guy's house for this chili cook-off and party. It was wonderful. It was so good to catch up with all those people. We moved away from St. Louis in 2012 and we still go back because I mean his family is there. But this was one of those really great visits and we're glad we made it back. I've gotten lots done and had quite a few crafty adventures. And I can't wait to tell you all about that. 
So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I'm going to tell you all about fabrication. Essentially, I actually managed to revitalize my efforts to refurbish the circular sock machines. And it's going pretty well. So I 100% completed the refurbishment of an antique Gearhart 1914 circular sock machine. And I think, like, my fascination isn't necessarily about knitting on a circular sock machine. Although that is fantastic and we will talk about it later. But I 100% enjoy taking this piece of antique machinery, ripping it all apart, cleaning up and repairing all of the parts and getting it back into working order where it is the complete opposite end of the spectrum from the condition that I purchased it in. And it's, I mean, that whole process is wonderful and I thoroughly enjoy it. Like this machine, when I got it, was missing several parts and some of the parts were broken. And I worked within the circular sock machine community to find replacement parts or fabricate the parts myself. Ha ha, how fantastic is that? Now, my fabrication is pretty simple. Essentially, if it involves bending wire and replacing wire parts, I can totally do that or finding replacement screws and that kind of stuff. But I can build missing wire pieces out of wire and get them working again. I can't recast metal or <laughs> do anything like that. But yeah, so I replaced the brake. I fabricated, pardon me, I fabricated a brake and a take-up spring on the yarn rod and mast. Haha, ha, how cool is that? If you don't have a circular sock machine, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, but it was cool. I had a piece of equipment. It was broken, like it wouldn't function properly because it was missing these two pieces that were made out of wire. So I fabricated the two new pieces and now it works perfectly. And I'm super proud of myself. So as I was cleaning up these machines, so like the whole circular sock machine community is totally split on whether or not you should like keep the original paint, blah, 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 repaint, refinish, blah, 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 blah. And they're torn over it and, and they can feel however they would like to. But I think it's super awesome to, well, these machines are all like more than a hundred years old and all of the paint that is on them is oxidized and essentially just powder laying on the machine. And they typically come with lots and lots of rust. So to get the rust off, there's no way to actually maintain the condition of the original paint and it's oxidized. So the process of removing rust removes the paint, but then you can repaint it. So repainting serves the purpose of preventing these machines from rusting again. And they just look so cool when they're shiny and new looking because you've put a very fresh coat of paint on it after you've removed the rust, sanded down weird parts, and yeah, it just looks really cool. And I'm very proud of myself. I completely finished one of the circular sock machines and listed it for sale because it's not my favorite. It's not the most complete, but it definitely works. I made several pair of socks. Like once I got it completely refurbished, my next step was to test it out. And I made three pair of socks on the machine before I listed it for sale. It works really good. So the fabrication was a success. I'm able to successfully use the tensioning on the take-up spring to make heels and toes. And it's just great. It works and I'm very proud of myself. And I really am enjoying the whole process 
of doing the, the actual repair and fabrication. It's not necessarily about the fact that, that it's a sock machine. It's really the process of restoring the antique machine that I am thoroughly enjoying. And I may have some more success and failure stories to share with you about that in the future. And now it is on to spinning my wheels. I've gotten a lot done, not as much as I had hoped to, but I definitely finished and started some things, which is pretty cool. makes me very happy. Um, I finished that tank top. Unfortunately, I hate it. <laughs> okay. I don't hate the design. I don't hate the pattern. What I hated in the end was the combination of the two yarns I chose. So the, the really good yarn that I really love the drape of was Juniper Moon Farms Sabine. And of course, with my luck, it's discontinued, so I can't get any more of it. So what I ended up doing was pairing it with some Lion Brand recycled cotton yarn. And when I did the swatch, like the drape of the two yarns matched, but when I got it into the larger quantities and finished the tank top, I really, really hated it. The Lion Brand Recycled Cotton was so much more stiff than the Sabine that it just, the contrast of the two together, it just didn't work out. And it, I, I just didn't like it. I, to the point that I never even blocked it. I probably should block it to see if that changes anything in the end. But what I really need to do is try to find another yarn that is a cotton or linen blend like the Sabine that isn't discontinued and pick two colors. I have some Barocco yarn right now that I got from my local yarn store and I'm going to swatch again and see how that yarn turns out if I like the drape. It's a little bit heavier of a weight than the Sabine was. So I might end up with like having to go to a larger needle to keep the openness and the drape that I wanted in the tank top. My voice is getting dry. I'm really sorry. But I finished it and I took notes and I'm going to make it again in a new yarn and see how I like it. So maybe next summer I will have this fabulous tank top to wear. But I did finish it. All the knitting and all the finishing. What's next? All right. And I finished those plain Jane socks. So I was hand knitting on those plain Jane socks for like ever. And those were knit in Claudia hand painted yarn fingering weight in the color Mardi Gras. And they're really, really pretty. The craziest thing was that I ended up binding off those socks three times. So I bound it off normal. I used a three by one ribbing at the top for the cuff. I bound it off just plain bind off, but that was too tight. So then I used Jenny's Super Stretchy Bind Off. Let me double check the name of that bind off. Jenny's Surprisingly Stretchy Bind Off that was published in Knitty Magazine in fall of 2009. And that was too loose, right? I sound like uh, Goldilocks right now. It was so loose in that method that it actually rolled. Like the ribbing rolled at the top and that was not what I wanted. So yesterday I ripped out the bind off again and I did like a half Jenny's surprisingly stretchy bind off. I kind of modified the whole bind off. Essentially her bind off includes adding a yarn over between the stitches and binding off the yarn over and the previous stitch to give it additional yarn 
to create the stretch, but that was just too stretchy. So I modified it. I didn't use as many yarn overs in the bind off and I kind of modified the bind off that she uses because hers is a little complicated <laughs> in the directions, like trying to remember which direction to wrap the yarn and all that. But I modified it. I simplified it and that actually worked out perfectly. It's not so tight as the plain bind off, but it's not so stretchy that it rolls and the ribbing actually lays flat on my leg. So I was super pleased with that. Like I finished that weeks ago, but I was just like, what am I going to do with this bind off? I love the color of this yarn. It's super soft and cozy and it's definitely wool sock season now here in Colorado. So I want to wear these like I just wasn't happy. So they kind of languished for a couple of weeks, but then yesterday I redid the bind off and I'm super happy about it, which is awesome, right? What else? You'll be very, very proud of me. I cast on a whole sweater. <laughs> and this is like the perfect time of year for it, right? I cast on the Felix Pullover by Amy Christoffers. She is savory knitting on like Instagram and stuff, but it's a very simple raglan pullover with some eyelet detailing in the actual increases. And it's pretty simple. So I finished the raglan increases and I've knit about six inches of the body. I've got about three inches to go. Then I'll try it on and see how I feel about the length. And once that's done, all I have left is the waistband and the sleeves. And it's pretty cool. I'm more than halfway done with that. And I am knitting that in Classic Elite Yarns Majestic Tweed. And, well, of course, that's also discontinued. It's one of my deep stash uh, sale yarn, but I had enough for <laughs> a whole sweater. That yarn is 40% wool, 20% angora, 20% silk, and then 20% manufactured fibers. If you look at the yarn, I wouldn't describe it as a traditional tweed. It looks more like a marled yarn because like the silk and the manufactured fibers don't take the dye the same way that the wool does. And it's just really pretty and super soft and I like it a lot. And the color is lavender. Like if you looked at it, you'd say, oh, that is a purple sweater. <laughs> I wouldn't say, oh, that is lavender sweater. It's much darker than I would consider lavender, but it's really pretty and soft and I can't wait to have it finished. And that's going really well. Okay, so I know that you're going to be completely shocked by this. I cast on another pair of plain Jane socks. Dun, dun. Okay, but they're different. So this whole circular sock machine knitting thing gave me an idea. I'm actually knitting a goofy tube. So this is what I'm going to do. You know I like two at a time socks, but my approach to this pair of socks is a little different. I am not going to finish the socks one at a time. I'm going to finish them two at a time. However, what I'm going to do is, so I cast on the toe, knit the foot, knit the heel, and now I'm working on the first leg. I'm going to knit about six inches of a leg, then do about two inches of ribbing. Then I'm going to knit in some waist yarn and start the other sock in one continuous tube. I know it's been done. You may have seen it on Instagram or someplace like that. But my only debate at this point is, do I finish the leg, start the next toe, and knit it in the same direction? Or do I do a mirror image sock and see how that works? Because the knitting will be like, in another direction, if that makes sense at all. So it would be finish the cuff, put in the waist yarn, then start the next cuff, or finish the cuff, waist yarn, start the next toe. 
So when you start the next toe in sequence, it's going to be a completely different toe from the first sock because it'll be open and I'll have to Kitchener stitch across the top of the toe to close it. Yeah, so that's the debate. Do I do mirror image or do I do complete sock, start at the toe again, complete sock? But I'm going to do it in tube, not... Yeah, we'll see how this works. I'm calling it the goofy tube talk. And if it pans out, I might put a recipe together and publish it online. But yeah, so those are the two things I'm actively working on in terms of knitting projects. And I'm pretty happy with them. I finished a couple. I started a couple. And because I'm enjoying this sweater so much, I'm actually going to start picking what I'm going to knit next. Aren't you proud of me? Look at all the knitting. <laughs> what else? I've probably knit half a dozen pair of socks on sock knitting machines, but you don't necessarily want to hear about all of that. What I really, really need to do is establish a new time management approach for my crafting. One, I need to go, hey, I'm going to make a pair of machine knit socks a week. So that's just something I can sit down behind and work on like during my lunch breaks at work and that kind of stuff and get back to, cause I mean, that's a lot of plain Jane socks. It is. And you know, I have, all right, how many do I have? I'm going to look in my Ravelry right this second to see how many I have stashed. I have a lot. <laughs> I have like 180 skeins of sock yarn. I'm currently working through on the sock machine my not less desirable, just less expensive um, sock yarn. So I feel better if I mess it up, if I like screw up the actual yarn. I'm like deep stash diving. I knit a pair of socks out of some Regia four ply that I have had in my stash since 2007. But I made a whole pair of socks out of them. They're short, uh, no-show socks with a heel tab and they're cute. But I mean, I've they've literally been in my stash since 2007. And I felt I could experiment on it before I, you know, dive into all the hand-dyed yarns that I covet. So I just want to get a little bit better at the knitting on the sock machine before I start using some of the hand-dyed stuff. But to that end, the fact that I can make the plain Jane socks and use sash yarn on the sock machine means that I can start knitting some actual patterns again, like sock knitting patterns. I have so many sock knitting patterns, it's ridiculous. And books and all sorts of stuff. So that's my goal. But I need to do some time management so that I'm not just like spending weeks focused on one craft because my spinning has suffered. It is the end of October. It's October 29th right now, I think. And I have November and December. I had one goal for this year in my spinning, right? The goal for this year in my spinning was to spin through the Gotland. And I have swatched. I have decided which method. I'm definitely going to flick the locks and spin from the locks. The processing time just seemed easier to me. And the finished yarn made me happier. Because of the Gotland, it's going to end up probably next year. I'll make a jacket of some sort out of it because it's just heavy, not super next to the skin. Um, but yeah, so that's my goal. So I need to really get some time management going so that I can actually make sure I'm working in all the crafts and not putting in like putting something aside for something else. And I got sucked into the sock knitting machine 
And that's why my spinning has suffered. But I got two months. I think that in eight good weeks, I can spin this gotlin. Do you think I can do it? Maybe. All right, we'll see. You know I'm horrible at this, right? But I'm making lots of progress. I feel good about what I've got going on. And I can't wait to share the rest with you. And that's all I've got in Spinning My Wheels. In this episode, I'm going to put my spin on the Ply Spinners Guild. If you are not familiar, I'm sure you are. But if you are not, J.C. Faulkner of Ply Magazine created an online spinning guild, which is pretty cool. Earlier this year, she launched a Kickstarter campaign to, because she had this idea, she wanted to start an online place for, for spinners to become a more connected community. Because as you know, we are all over the world. I was super excited. I dropped a donation into the Kickstarter campaign and so much faster than JC expected, she was fully funded and able to actually build the guild and get it started. So it's called Ply Spinners Guild and you can find it online. You can get links to it on her Instagram and through the Ply website. It's really cool. She's done so much. I think it was the beginning of summer when she actually launched the Kickstarter campaign. She has a website, an app, and episodes already published for instructional material. So her plan is to get a huge collection of people to share their knowledge online. She has launched season one and she plans to do it in season. If you watch her introductory video, which I'll link to in the show notes, she talks about what her plan is for creating content and instructional material. Season one is all about wheels. She has Stephanie Gausted on and they talk all about wheels, like kind of foundational material, wheels, the parts, the different kind of drives, but it's all there and you can select what you want. The website and the app also already include forums, which is pretty darn cool. She posts updates there. She's got information about testing and questions and how the guild's going to work. And I'm really proud of the spinning community that we were able to help fund this and get it up and running. There's a lot of great material. This is really just more of an introduction. I'm very pleased and super excited about what's to come because it's really just gotten off the ground. So far, the material is great. The website looks great. The app looks great. Videos are fantastic. She already has future instructors in recording episodes. It's very cool. And I am super excited to see what's to come. And if you get the opportunity, I would highly recommend at least signing up, subscribing for the first year and see if this is something for you. There's lots of material on the website about the kind of content there's going to be. And it's just a really great adventure. And I can't wait to see the forums start to take shape and for the community to build and start chatting with each other and just really having a dedicated space. I mean, we're connected on Ravelry. We're connected on the various social media platforms, but to have all this information in one place that's like super simple to access makes me excited. And I cannot wait for what the future holds for the Ply Spinners Guild. And I will link to all of this stuff in the show notes, but it's not hard to find. And it's really exciting. I think JC Faulkner is doing an amazing job at getting this off the ground and I can't wait to see where it ends up. 
Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all for joining me and thank you for your patience while I attempt to recover from this horrible illness that is plaguing my face. Oh, I can't wait to be back up to 100%. I'm much slower. I haven't exercised in like two months. And yeah, it's starting to wear on me and I can't wait to get back to normal and be full up at 100%. I've got some exciting stuff coming down the pike over the next six or seven months or so. So I submitted two article proposals to a favorite publication of mine. One kind of got rejected, but I was asked to write a blog post. So I'll be doing that. And that should come out kind of in the December timeframe. And then one of my article proposals actually got accepted and that won't be out until like summertime. But yeah, so I'm going to be a published author in the community and I'm pretty excited about that. And I'll keep you posted on how that goes and what's going on with that. And and how it works out. Like, do I, do I love it? Do I hate it? We'll find out as it goes along. Maybe I won't like writing for someone else. Maybe I will. We'll see. But I will keep you posted on how all that stuff goes. I don't have any major plans or trips or anything like that going on. The next big adventure I have is locking myself in the house by myself for all of Veterans Day weekend because the boy will be out of town in Kansas helping one of his friends on a big project which means I can just like stay in my pajamas the entire weekend and craft the whole time. Ooh, and maybe process a fleece or two. I'm going to try to get one wool fleece skirted and washed and then get an alpaca fleece picked and skirted. So yeah, while I'm doing all the other things, managing all of my own time, having it all to myself, it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. And because I don't have to go anywhere, That should also help me in my recovery from this illness. Sorry if my voice sounded horrible, but I didn't want to wait any longer to get an episode out there on the streets. Thank you guys again for joining me. And as always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com. Catch me on Ravelry and social media as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon.
It's times like these you learn to love again. It's times like these, time and time.